Hey guys, so we're going to kick off. Uh, we're not recording. Uh, tonight we have with us uh, Eric DeBoard, who's going to be presenting Azure App Services. Uh, presenting with me is Paul Woodward Jr. And I am Louis Ayuso. Say hi, Paul. Hey, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm going to switch over to you, Eric. I'm going to make you presenter now. Great, thank you. All righty. Totally started off with my mic muted. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> and why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Okay. Uh, thank you very much, and thanks for having me on the call tonight. Uh, my name is Eric DeBoard. I'm an Azure TSP uh, at Microsoft. I've been at Microsoft for going on eight years now, uh, focused on Azure since 2012. Uh, so I've been around the block with Azure from its very beginnings uh, in infrastructure as a service. So what is App Service? App Service is a number of things, and this slide is going to help us break that down. So the first thing is it's a web app. Think of web apps as just an internet uh, website uh, that you deploy with Linux or Windows. Uh, you get to choose. It's also mobile apps, so you can build mobile apps uh, with the platform. Logic apps, think of those as if this, then that scenarios. Uh, API apps, so you can create your own APIs uh, with uh, app service. And then finally, functions. And functions are serverless, uh, just like it says, functions that you can create to take a, uh, make things happen uh, and ex execute based on any number of triggers. Uh, and if you're familiar with AWS, Lambda and functions are very uh, synonymous. Tonight, we're going to focus on web apps. Uh, and web apps are, like I said, uh, web websites that you can deploy in Azure very quickly. Uh, just to give you a quick introduction to what these can support, uh, from a DevOps perspective, absolutely have source control from any number of, of source control options. We'll, we'll take a look at those later on. Uh, of course, uh, we have CICD build and deploy, so uh, you can continuously develop, continuously uh, test, continuously integrate. We have what are known as stage deployment slots. We we'll actually will do a demo, including those. Uh, auto scale, which is obviously very important with the cloud product, because this is a platform as a service offering. Uh, you can set up auto scale options for your web applications based on their actual activity at the time. And then there's all sorts of monitoring and alerting capabilities. In terms of templates, so there's a ton of templates out there. You can deploy a web app that's empty and just has a standard uh, web interface for you to deploy your own code or we have a number of templates out in the marketplace that you can deploy that are ready to go uh, and ready to customize. We support all sorts of different uh, languages and frameworks. So these are some of them, of course, uh, .NET, .NET Core, Java, Python, PHP, Node.js. And then, uh, you know, one of the things I want to make sure is very clear as we go through the deployment tonight is uh, Azure has a huge global network. Most everyone knows that. We have 52 regions across the globe uh, and so as you think about uh, what I'm doing tonight, consider the global scale and what we could do, uh, you know, if we had the ability to deploy across the globe. Uh, and since we talked about platform as a service, uh, there's some things that you should know about platform as a service just to sort of set the stage. Uh, and this, this little graphic to the right gives us a good idea of that. So if you're on-premises, you deploy a website on-premises, then of course you as the customer are responsible for everything from the networking all the way through the application. So you're responsible to deploy the hardware, 
to secure it, to patch it, to maintain it, to evergreen. Uh, you're responsible for the hypervisor, whether it be VMware, Hyper-V, what have you, and you get it. All the way up the stack, you're responsible from start to finish uh, for security, uh, for management, high availability, all those things. Infrastructure as a service in Azure is basically, you know, deploying virtual machines in Azure. And this basically means that Microsoft is responsible all the way through the virtualization stack, which does happen to be Hyper-V. Uh, and so Microsoft is managing the patching, the security, all those things for the platform. Now, as a good example, uh, over in early January when Spectre came out, uh, most of you probably had a lot of pain with that. Uh, Microsoft Azure was already patched except for just a very few uh, parts of our infrastructure the day that was let, uh, let out. So our customers by the next day were fully patched in the blue areas that you see here. Now, again, what we're going to talk about tonight is web apps. Web apps fall into platform as a service. That means you do not deploy the virtual machines. You don't manage the operating system, the middleware, or the runtime. You simply deploy your code and manage your data and access. And then software as a service is, of course, everything is Microsoft. A good example of this would be Office 365. And so when you think about what virtualization did for us in the past, it certainly increased our efficiency. Uh, I was around back uh, in 2002 deploying VMware in an oil company's data center, and it was unbelievable the amount of efficiency that we got from that. Uh, but what we're seeing today is that efficiency has run out. Uh, we've been deploying VMs for a very long time. They certainly give us a lot of capability, a lot of flexibility, uh, but we still have to manage and maintain our pets. Uh, and so with platform as a service, uh, we're going to let you increase your innovation. And so, you know, giving that level of work to your cloud provider. Everybody probably knows that, but if I don't have to patch, I don't have to maintain, I don't have to provide high availability, uh, I don't have to upgrade. It takes a lot of work off the table so that you can focus on doing and creating new applications uh, that are going to help your company. So let's talk a little bit about some of the specifics of Azure App Service and how it produces high productivity. Uh, we already talked about the number numerous frameworks that are supported. Uh, what I didn't mention is we also, of course, support Docker images, uh, and so you can bring those to Azure. Uh, staging and deployment. Uh, of course, we enable a DevOps scenario either with source control uh, or with using what we have in the actual web app uh, platform called staging slots, and we'll talk about those. We give you the ability to test in production. So if you have a production site, uh, you've made a few tweaks to it, uh, it's in test or user acceptance testing, and you want to start sending some traffic to that part of your or that level of your uh, uh, release, then you can actually divert some of the traffic, maybe 1% to your pre-release, just to verify that things are working the way you want. And our, our platform lets you do that very easily. And then of course, there's the app gallery marketplace that we talked about earlier with a number of templates available for you. From a management perspective, we mentioned auto scale and load balancing. We'll take a look at that. Of course, high availability is default with app service. You don't have to worry about creating uh, duplicate infrastructure. Uh, if you put it in app service, Microsoft, um, provides them the high availability uh, and also the patching uh, that uh, will happen without any impact to your applications. Obviously, these things reduce your costs. Uh, in addition to that, there's uh, backup and recovery tools built right into the product. Uh, we already mentioned this, but of course, think, keep thinking about your global data uh, center footprint. We're going to talk about another product tonight called Traffic Manager, which just seems to be a good fit for this call. 
Uh, it will help you enable, of course, hybrid support. So you could have some websites running on premises, some in Azure, and load balance between them. Uh, obviously, we have Active Directory or Azure Active Directory integration. Uh, and then, of course, there are a number of tools in Azure for security and compliance. Okay, now, the reason I put this slide in here, and this is the last slide before we do our demos, I just wanted to give everyone sort of an idea of what our architecture might look like in Azure. Now, tonight we're going to focus on uh, the commerce site on the east and the west uh, and traffic manager that is in front of it. So we're only going to deploy web apps in east and west and a traffic manager in front of them. However, as you probably are aware, a modern application might take advantage of a number of these other tools. Uh, so I just wanted to give you an idea of this. And of course, we could do east, west, uh, China, uh, North Europe and Australia, all as part of what we're deploying tonight in, in much the same way. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go through some demos. We're going to deploy some app, a web app in the East US. Uh, I'm going to demo uh, what a deployment slot is for that. We're going to go through what the settings and the capabilities of, the, of that web app is. Uh, and then we're going to deploy another one in the West. Uh, we're going to differentiate those with text on the screen, and then we're going to put a what is known as traffic manager in front of it, and then all of us are going to test to see what we get in terms of east or west. So I'm going to back out of my presentation. Uh, and here I am in the Azure portal. Uh, I assume everyone's probably seen this to some degree. Uh, the first thing we're going to do here is we're going to create a resource, uh, and that's going to be a web app. So I can type in web app in the marketplace, of course, or I can simply go down to, to um, the web app category here and click on web app. So I'm gonna click on that. Uh, we're gonna name our web app the brown bag east. And I already created a resource group before the call just to place it in there. Uh, here we go. Uh, a, if you're not familiar what a resource group is, it's simply a folder structure where you can organize your workloads and provide role-based access control and do some costing and things like that that are specific to these. Just think of them as folders. Okay, when I deploy a web app, I get to choose. Do I want to deploy a Windows web app? Is this gonna be running on an internet information server? Do I want to deploy a Linux web app uh, using any number of uh, runtimes? Uh, Java was a recent addition to this. It's now in preview. Uh, do I want to deploy a Docker image into a web app? So I can actually have a Docker image uh, somewhere in a Docker container, I'm sorry, somewhere in a Docker store, uh, and just pull that directly into my web application. Now, for this call, I'm gonna do Windows, but we're gonna talk about some of these other options and tools as well. So, there's my web app name. I'm deploying it to uh, this vBrownBag resource group, and now I'm going to deploy what is known as an app service plan. Okay, so, important to, to mention this. An app service plan is the actual compute that will run this web app. So it's a separate object. So I'm gonna call this one, and this will become more clear as we move along, the brown bag east plan. So the compute infrastructure for this is gonna be running in the east. I wanna put it in east US too. Uh, and then the pricing tier. Pricing tier basically is uh, what amount of RAM, what amount of compute do I want this to run? And what capabilities will these different uh, SKUs bring me? So a standard S1 is one core and 1.75 gig of RAM running on an A-series VM in Azure. It gives you the cost here, and it also tells you what is supported for this particular uh, scenario. So 
we of course support custom domains in SSL. Uh, this particular S1 supports auto scale of up to 10 instances. So what that means is I can start out with one instance uh, and as load hits my web app, we can scale it out to 10 as part of an S1 plan. Okay, it does include staging slots. Those will make more sense in a little bit. It includes day, daily backups uh, 10 times per day. Uh, and then you can see uh, what the storage and memory and CPU are. Now, just as an example, let me try, let me pop over here to the P3v2. This one you can see supports up to 20 instances. So I can scale out from a base scale unit of four core and 14 gig of RAM out to 20 of those uh, automatically. Uh, so I'm gonna click on the S1. Notice I'm on the production tab here. I could also have chosen dev and test. Uh, I also have this option for isolated. I'll talk about isolated a little bit later when we get into networking. So I'm gonna pick this S1 plan uh, and I'm gonna click okay. And now so I'm deploying this V uh, brown bag East app uh, into a service plan that is running in East US2. And I'm gonna click on create. Okay, now a web app, because it's platform as a service, we've basically gotten most everything ready to fire up. And so deploying this web app is gonna take literally 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, as with any other service in Azure, we have this notifications icon up here. Uh, this tells us that the deployment is in progress. And in just a moment, we're gonna uh, see that it is deployed. Uh, and then we're gonna take a look at the properties and capabilities of a web app from a default deployment perspective. And, and so since I know that's running, what I'm gonna do, uh, it looks like it finished right in the moment that I clicked away. I'm gonna click on my resource groups. If you remember, I placed this in the V brown bag resource group. And here you can see my V brown bag East plan. Now this West US2 is a little bit of extra, uh, something left over that I was playing with earlier uh, today. Uh, but these are the two I just deployed, V brown bag East and V brown bag East plan. So I'm gonna click on this V Brown Bag East web app. And the first thing I wanna do that I'm gonna show you here is the browse button. So if I click on browse, this is going to go out to my V Brown Bag East and show me my web application. So what I've essentially done is I deployed an internet information server somewhere in East US 2, which is in Virginia, uh, and it's ready to start serving out my code. Okay, uh, and so, what I think we'll do now is we're gonna go down through some of these settings and options to explain some of them, and then we're also gonna take uh, advantage of some slotting capabilities and, and move through uh, the entire process of what might be experienced by a developer or by an infrastructure engineer. So overview, of course in Azure, overview is on just about every object. You'll get some basics about that object. This one we can see that the URL for my brown bag website is actually the name that I gave it, .azurewebsites.net. You'll always see that. It's always gonna be .azurewebsites.net. And your host name must, of course, be globally unique. So if you put something in that's not unique, you're not gonna be able to deploy it because it'll give you a red X. Uh, the activity log. This is across most Azure services as well. This is gonna show the activities associated with this. Did someone start, did someone, uh, change the scale options, did someone deploy, did someone delete, all those sorts of things are recorded there. I can give individuals access through role-based access control here. Uh, this is tied into uh, the Active Directory, uh, the Azure Active Directory that's associated with your subscription. And you can see here that I could add someone, give someone access. In fact, Amy, who was supposed to be on the call, I could say that Amy is an owner. I'm just gonna click on owner 
and then we're going to search for Amy Manley. This is searching the internal Microsoft directory. There she is. I'm going to click on save, and now Amy is an owner of this web app, and she can do all the things that I'm going to show you now uh, if she were here. Uh, what, what would basically happen is the next time she logs into the Azure portal as herself, she's going to see my resource group and she can go into this web app and, and change settings, those sorts of things. Okay, so I'm going to jump down. This quick start is giving us just some wizard steps of how we get started. We're going to skip that because we're going to go through everything manually. And I'm just going to sort of uh, expose and show you what each of these different options are. Not all of them, but a number of them. So deployment credentials. If you want to update your website with a local Git or some sort of FTP solution, you have to provide credentials here, okay? Uh, if you are going to use your Azure Active Directory credentials, which I'm going to use for the rest of this demo, uh, then those are valid for deploying directly to Azure. So if Amy were somewhere with Visual Studio and she logged into Visual Studio with her credentials in Azure Active Directory, she would see this web app as something she could publish to. So that th this is only for FTP uh, and local Git. The next thing here is deployment slots. Think of deployment slots as unique URLs that I can use that have another instance of the web app running to which I can place different levels of code. So I'm gonna go ahead and create one because we're gonna actually show a demo of this. And I'm gonna call this one development. Okay, so I'm creating a new slot called development. I'm not going to clone the original slot. I could do that if I wanted to. And so what's going to happen here is we're creating a new slot. Uh, the one that I'm on here, if I click on overview, this one becomes production. Okay, uh, because it doesn't, I didn't, because I, I, it existed before I created slots, this one is production. Uh, now if I go back to slots, I'm going to see a development slot. This one will be what I call development for the uh, purpose of this meeting. Now, deployment options. Uh, a number of you out there probably use uh, GitHub, maybe Visual Studio Team Services, those sorts of things, or maybe you don't care, maybe your developers do. That's fine. It's still important for you to know that these capabilities exist. Uh, we can integrate with Visual Studio Team Services, OneDrive, local Git, as we talked about, GitHub. You see all the options here. Uh, so this is where you can configure that. Now, what we've done just recently is we've added this new deployment center You'll notice it says preview, which means it's, it works, but uh, it's not generally available quite yet, meaning that there's no SLA, and if something happens, uh, it's in preview. You have to wait for it to be fixed. However, it's very simple. So let's say that I want to deploy to GitHub or deploy from GitHub. All I have to do is authorize this. Uh, it's going to ask me for my credentials for GitHub. I probably didn't put in my username and uh, password, and then it's going to take me through the process of configuring that as my source control. Uh, of course, we could do that with all these other solutions as well. Moving down. Okay, so now we're sort of getting beyond just the overview and the deployment options. Now we're going to get into specific settings for our web application. Uh, for application settings, uh, because I deployed Windows as my source uh, or of my web app, then I get to choose what, what version of .NET Framework I'm going to use, what PHP version I'm going to use if I choose to, and then I have Python and Java here that I could turn on. Uh, we have a couple of options here for Python, uh, 2.7, 3.4. If you're a Python person, you know that's not the most recent. Uh, we give you tool, uh, instructions here of how to get that upgraded to a more recent version. Uh, in addition, you can choose whether this is 32-bit or 64-bit, uh, whether you're going to support WebSockets and Always On. Uh, you see that you have another number of options here that are probably relevant to you uh, if you are a web developer. 
Uh, and so we can turn on remote debugging. Uh, we have environment variables we can set. We have connection strings if we're going to connect to some sort of database like MySQL or PostgreSQL or even SQL Server. And then our default documents. If you played around with Internet Information Server, these things are going to look very familiar to you, even all the way down to the virtual directory, uh, which is currently site www root. Okay, so we're not going to change anything here for now. For authentication and authorization, uh, by default, anonymous access is enabled. If we want to turn off anonymous access, Access and enable some kind of other authentication source. Uh, then we can choose Active Directory, Facebook, Google, Twitter, one, Microsoft, two, what have you. So we do have those options. One, two, one, two, one. Application insights. Think of application one, two, insights as two, deep one, telemetry two. capabilities and troubleshooting capabilities that you can inject into your web application using an SDK. So you can instrument your code to reach out uh, and send data. Uh, into application insights uh, so that you can get some really cool telemetry, troubleshooting, bottleneck information about your application. Uh, that is our uh, web application monitoring tool set that's part of Azure. What? If your web application needs to reach out uh, and take action against objects on its own, you can set it up with a uh, managed service identity. Think of this very similar to on-premises Active Directory when you create service accounts uh, and you run applications uh, in the context of a user ID in your Active Directory. Same similar, uh, same sort of thing. Backups, built right into Azure uh, Web Apps. As we noticed earlier, um, we chose the standard S1 plan. We know that 10 backups of this are being taken every day, uh, and we can go through the process of configuring those here. Okay, that's just included. Now, as I mentioned, uh, all of the web apps that you create in Azure are going to be .azurewebsites.net. Uh, if I want to change that, and of course I can, then you're going to go through a process under this custom domains tab to prove who you are and that you own a particular domain. Uh, once you do that, we add a host header to the uh, website, and anyone who gets redirected to this website with a particular host header will get served up just the same as if uh, they're using the default website. So I think most of you know what that is. From an SSL perspective, of course our web apps do support SSL. Uh, this P1, the standard S1 plan that I deployed earlier, it supports an unlimited number of SNI type SSL settings or sites. Uh, and it also supports a single IP address uh, for SSL. Uh, so this is where you configure all the binding certificates, all those sorts of things. For networking, uh, this is kind of important. I know that we had a networking call several weeks ago. Uh, when you deploy a web application in Azure, you'll notice that when I deployed it, it didn't ask me anything about placing this uh, web app into a virtual network. Okay, so a virtual network in Azure is where VMs go, uh, and it is private IP address space that you can basically connect back to on-premises and route to. Web apps are public-facing by default, meaning uh, if I place this out there, it is fronted by an Azure public IP address, uh, and users that will go to the site will enter directly from the internet through Azure's peer uh, network or internet peering network. Uh, if I want my web app to reach back into my VNet uh, and grab data off of a SQL server, then I can set up this VNet integration. Okay, and so this VNet integration will basically build a VPN connection uh, from your VNet router or VPN gateway into this VNet. And so now web apps can reach back and grab data and serve it out publicly through to the internet. We mentioned earlier the isolated type of uh, web app. 
In fact, let me go to the scale up option next. Scale up is I want to choose a different plan or I want to uh, have more power. I can do this at any time uh, that my web app, after my web app is deployed, I can come and change this. Earlier, I mentioned this isolated scenario. An isolated uh, SKU is basically going to mean that your web app faces internal uh, only. And so if someone goes to www.mywebapp.com, uh, it's going to resolve to a private IP address and it's going to reach into this web app, uh, which is on the private network and be served you know, privately to your organization. Now that's different than this networking scenario here where I add a VPN connection. This one faces the internet, but it reaches inside and grabs data. This isolated faces internal and can also, of course, reach internal to grab data. So the, the big difference is that your users, that maybe it's a corporate website, they reach this only for internal users, uh, whereas these others are for internal or external, just based on your needs. Okay, so scale up, that means I, I changed my scale unit. Scale out is where all the magic happens in terms of auto scaling. So uh, a scale up scenario doesn't auto scale because of course you're changing compute, which causes uh, a bit of a outage, a very small outage, but it does require us to change compute for you on the back end. So you typically uh, choose a scale unit that can support your base application and maybe a certain percentage of your users, and then you configure scale out for the auto uh, and dynamic scale out. And so. Let's take a look at these settings. So the first thing is I have a single instance deployed now. I can change that to two by default if I want to and say that I always want two of these running. Uh, what I can do and also is I can say enable auto scale. If I choose enable auto scale, then I can say scale by CPU, for example. And I can say I want to scale based on a metric and then add a rule. I click on add a rule. We're going to give you a default rule of CPU. You can see here that uh, the criteria are if the average CPU percentage is greater than 70%, then I want Microsoft to add an additional instance to this web app. And so what in this world happens when you do that? We actually take your code base that you had injected into your first web app and we clone that and place it into a second web app. Uh, both of those will be behind a load balancer. So anytime you deploy a web app, it's by default behind a load balancer. You don't have to configure that. Uh, if you want to take advantage of this dynamic scale capability, we simply take the code, place it into another web app, spin it up, uh, and you're up and running. Uh, in addition, we can scale down. So, uh, oh, I didn't finish this. Uh, if we hit this threshold of 70 for 10 minutes, then we increase count by what, what do you want? Uh, and then we have a cooldown period. After five minutes, we'll start taking those back away. Uh, and so this is auto scale up and auto scale down. Now for this call, I'm not going to enable auto scale, but I wanted to show you all the options. So real so quick, just, so just, one of the questions, so even if it's just one application and even if you, if you stay there with no auto scale, you'll still be behind a load balancer? Correct. Yes, because that enables the ability to do the load balancing if you choose to make that change. So it's already set to go. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so you don't see that load balancer at all, by the way. You have no ability to manage that. So if you want a, a true, uh, some sort of web application firewall capability, there's another type of load balancer you can deploy in front of your web app that will do layer seven type filtering, uh, reverse proxy, and web application firewall. Would that, Good question. Would that replace the load balancer as is or sit a, another level of load balancing in front of that? 
it would be another level in front of it. Good question. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to back out of this. Keep the questions coming, please. And so that is scale up and scale out. Let's go down just a little bit further. Uh, and let's take a look at testing in production. Okay, so that's a little bit, well, actually, we'll, we'll, we'll stop here and go to console. That's so if I click a, on console. That's not a scary thought at all. What's that? So that's not a scary thought at all. Oh, testing in production. Yes. Uh, we'll take a look at that. All right, so if I want, I can get to the console here. Uh, and, of course, this is what you expect to see. You see what's running on this box, the directory structure, all those sorts of things. Uh, we also have what is known as advanced tools. So if I click on advanced tools, this gives me a link to go to the, the, the um, advanced tools. I'm going to click on go here. Now, if you remember, my original website was vbrownbag east.azurewebsites.net. These advanced tools known as Kudu services are vbrownbageast.scm, that's key, .azurewebsites.net. This is where I can check out the environment of this box. Uh, what operating system is it running? Is it 64-bit? Uh, what is the machine name? Check out this machine name. Now, obviously, this is cattle. This is not pets. Uh, also, you can see a number of the other things you have to find here, so connection strings, environment variables, all those things. So it's a good place to go check to see if the settings and configuration environment variables that you're setting are taking place. Uh, you also have this debug console where you can choose in command, uh, command shell or PowerShell. You can take a look at the process explorer, what processes are running on this box that are associated with my web application. Uh, and then we have a number of tools and extensions that you can deploy as well. So that's known as the Kudu site. Scrolling down a little bit more, we give you the ability to do performance testing built directly into the portal here. And I created a few of these uh, at previous time, but basically you can say, I want to create a performance test. Uh, and my performance test characteristics I want to use is I want to simulate 250 concurrent users uh, against this website. And so we're going to run, we're going to spin up infrastructure to support this test uh, and give you the results of the metrics behind it. Okay, so that's... Uh, results from an earlier test that I did and I canceled. Uh, but that's built in. In addition, we mentioned testing in production. Uh, and so what this does is I have production, of course, here that's running 100% of my traffic. So if you go to this uh, vbrownbageast.azurewebsites.net, vbrown, 100% of your traffic is gonna go to our production slot. However, I can go out here and say I want 1% to go to my uh, deployment slot of development. So this would give me a way to send most people to the production site, uh, but I could have 1% of my traffic going to what I think is going to be production uh, and see if I'm getting any errors or any kind of issues that I need to address before I go full production. So that's what testing in production means. Uh, so definitely scary, but not quite as scary as it sounded. <laughs> so, well, from earlier you, you talked about the application insights, right? So would this be where you would get some some information and some telemetry out of those users who are running through that development environment. And this would be like, exactly okay. Good. Yes. In addition to maybe simple things are breaking, maybe there's something different about the database. Maybe I changed my database in some way that in a certain scenario it breaks. So it could be something just functional, uh, or it could be I want to you know use application insights to make sure my telemetry is looking as it should in terms of performance, in terms of in terms of errors that, that my users are getting, those sorts of things. 
So uh, in this case, you're just doing essentially a load balancing rule at X number per, or X percent send here. Exactly. Yes. And, uh, you know, you can have user acceptance testing. You can have a number of other slots here as well that you could divvy the traffic up between. So um, it can be more than just one. So I'm going to close out that. I'm not really going to do that testing. And then I think what we're ready to do here is we're ready to deploy some code. So we've got this Azure websites, or I'm sorry, vbrownbagease.azurewebsites.net. Uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to deploy some code to my deployment slot that I created. Okay, and so I've got Visual Studio loaded in the background here, and I want to talk about that just a bit. This would be more for your developers, but Visual Studio, if you're not aware, is fully integrated with Azure uh, today. So it can reach out to Azure. You can see here that I'm logged into Azure from Visual Studio. I can see my vbrownbag uh, resource group. I can see my deployment slots out here. Uh, I can see my website and manage it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open a project that I have, a very simple website that I created for this call, uh, and I'm going to deploy this to Azure, okay? And so as a developer, I wouldn't really have to leave this console to do any work with developing, developing my website. So I'm going to right-click over here and say I want to publish this website, uh, and I'm going to actually delete this old profile that I had, and I'm going to show you the whole process. So because I have an existing app service out there, I'm going to, instead of creating a new service, which I could do, I'm going to say I want to select an existing service, and I want to deploy this code to that service. And so I'm going to click on select existing and click on publish. What it's going to do is it's going to run out to Azure uh, with my credentials, enumerate uh, my resource groups and everything, and you can see here that I have this vbrownbag resource group uh, this is my production, okay? Under here, this is my development. Uh, and so I'm going to click OK. And what's going to happen is Visual Studio is going to take this code, compile it, and deploy it out to my development slot. Uh, and so let's give that just a minute. It's going to build it. And now it's actually using Web Deploy to publish it. Uh, and you're going to notice here that check out this URL. It's publishing it to V. Brown bag East hyphen development, uh, and so it's it's going to deploy this to my development slot, and that gives you an insight into what that development slot's URL is going to be as well. So give it just a second, and it's going to launch uh, my website or my browser here, and it's going to connect to the Brown bag East hyphen development azurewebsites.net. Uh, this usually takes about 20 seconds as it uh, initializes. And so keep in mind. Uh, Deploying this to any number of other uh, locations or slots as well. Is there a question? Yeah, doubling back a little bit, um, we've got a question during the uh, looks like the, during the testing uh, testing and production. Are connections to development persistent? Okay, what's the question? The question was posted: Are connections to development persistent? Uh, can uh, can that can you elaborate on that question? I guess I'm not understanding the question. And while you're doing that, this is my development site. This is the code I deployed from Visual Studio into my development site. And so this probably looks familiar to a number of you on here, except I took over and I added some of my own text. So V Brown bag served from East US, uh, and I put the big Azure badge logo there as well. Okay, so that's my development slot. So if I refresh this, you're going to see it's hyphen development.azurewebsites.net. If I click on my production site, 
notice it's still the default uh, that we deployed as part, as part of our original deployment. So now I'm going to show you the magic of deployment slots. I'm going to click on this swap button. Okay, and by clicking on swap, I'm telling Azure I want to swap something out. I want to swap my development source to my production destination. Okay, and I'm going to click OK. Now, this has probably got you thinking about a lot of things. Uh, and while that's deploying, let me show you some things that may answer any questions you might have about that. Uh, the key thing here is that we always, as we configure our web application settings, we have the ability to say that whatever setting we have is a slot setting or not, okay? So uh, for my app setting name, is this, does this stay with the slot or not? My connection string to my database, does it stay with the slot or not? So my development might have a connection to a, a test database, my production to a production. So you get to determine uh, all of your different connection settings, all your new settings, whether they're slot dependent or not. Uh, so that's how you can basically make this work. Now what we've done behind the scenes is we've completed our swap. I saw that in my notification here that swap operation completed successfully. And if anyone has a guess of what's going to happen here, I'm going to go to my vBrownBag development slot and I will click on refresh. Okay, and so now I'm going to go to production. So I just release my code into production. Okay, so now we're going to move on and we're going to create another website. Uh, and we're going to do that in the West US. So I'm going to go back to Visual Studio. I'm going to create a new profile. Uh, this is for a website that doesn't exist, so I want to create the app service in Azure as part of this process, whereas before we already had it created. And instead of going through create new in the Azure portal, I'm just going to do it from Visual Studio. So I'm going to call this my Azure, I'm sorry, the brown bag west. Okay, and it's going to go into the V brown bag resource group. And I'm going to create a new app service plan as well. It's going to be the V brown bag west plan. It's going to go into West US 2. Uh, this is in Eastern Washington. Uh, and remember the different uh, plans that we took, we looked at earlier. So I want to choose an S1. I'll click OK and click Create. So what we're literally doing right now is we're reaching out to the REST APIs of Azure and we're creating a web application and we're also creating a service plan and placing that web app into that service plan. So that's step one. Uh, now if I go back to the Azure portal, and click on my resource groups and go to the brown bag. We're gonna probably see some of those artifacts showing up here. Yeah, so uh, we've got the West planned. That looks like it's created and we're probably getting ready to have the app show up. And there's the app, it just showed up. So I'm gonna click on that app. I'm gonna browse to it. Now you'll notice here, uh, when I browse to this, it's the default site. And that's because I created it and I created this deployment uh, publish profile, but I didn't publish it yet. So I'm going to click on publish. So now it's going to send my code out to that app service uh, web app. Did we get any clarity on the question from before? Yeah. So the, the, the follow-up is um, when you break your traffic down, so you put 1% towards dev and then the rest towards prod, if a connection comes in 
on that one percent are they always part of that one percent do they always yeah. stay in in that section yeah so session state yeah so we do maintain uh session state good question now when you uh, deploy you know like the um application gateway and load balancers in azure you you can choose how all those settings work as well uh, for a web app you can choose it using rest apis uh, there's some settings that you can flip uh, and configure on the back end to uh, configure that as well but by default yes session state will be maintained so whoever's going to that development uh, site will stay there okay so uh, it's launched my browser here uh, i'm just going to let that load Okay, and so now we can see, oh, and you know what? I forgot to do something. I forgot to label this as West. So I'm gonna go back to Visual Studio, go back to my code here and say West. Okay, because this is gonna be part of a test that we need to do in a little bit. So I'm gonna click on Publish and republish that again. Made a quick code change. Uh, and of course it's gonna reload. Okay, so I'm gonna close this one. So we've got our V brown bag east. Uh, I'm going to close this development slot from the east. We're done with that one. And then we've got our V brown bag west. Okay, so this is coming from the west US 2, and this is coming from east US 2. Okay. All right, so the next thing we're going to do is we're going to deploy Traffic Manager. And Traffic Manager is a DNS-based load balancer technology uh, that you can place in front of web applications uh, that can be in Azure uh, or can be between Azure and on-premises uh, or can be between many regions in Azure and an on-premises uh, instance. So this would be a great way, if you want to think about it, of having your primary website hosted from on-premises putting traffic manager in front of it and having part of it out in Azure and maybe not even using the one in Azure unless there's an issue with the on-premises site and I'll show you why. So I'm gonna click a new resource here, traffic manager. So traffic manager profile and I'm gonna click on create. I'm gonna call this my V brown bag traffic manager. Now it's asking me to choose routing methods. These are basically just routing algorithms. So performance means that we're going to serve up from the web app that's closest to you. So those of you who are in central US and east, uh, you should get east US once we're done with this. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles right now, so I should get west US, but this will work based on you know where your users are coming from. Uh, and so if you have a website that's across the globe, you could put you know your web application among the 50 regions in Azure and have a traffic manager use performance to route to those different regions based on where the traffic's coming from. We also have weighted. We could say, I want 20% to go to west and 90% to go to east. Priority, now, if you had a website on-premises uh, that you wanted to always be the main website unless there was a problem, then you'd choose priority and you'd mark your on-premises uh, web a site as primary. Uh, of course, Traffic Manager is doing health probes. If that were to go down, it would direct everybody to the Azure region. And if you combine that with this auto scale capability, you could have a scale unit, a really small scale unit for your standby, uh, and then Azure could you know, scale that out uh, as it needs to when some kind of event takes your on-premises site down. 
So I'm going to choose uh, performance. Now, geographic is similar to performance, except I get a lot more control over where I route the traffic. So I might choose to use this if I want all the China traffic to go to China, uh, in, or I want all of California to go to West US, but I want Nevada to go to Central, for example. So I'm going to click on performance. I want to place it into my resource group called the brown bag again. Uh, and notice that this is grayed out, this resource group location. That's because Traffic Manager is a special object. It doesn't really belong in a region. It's sort of Azure all up. Uh, and it's why we provide, you know, a very high availability for Traffic Manager. I think it's 99.99 uh, or maybe more. Okay, so Traffic Manager being deployed. I'm going to go to resource groups, go to my V Brown bag. You can see it finished there. And I'm going to click on my V Brown bag traffic manager object. And we are going to, we don't have a lot of time here, so I'm going to speed this up just a bit. Uh, I'm going to go straight here to endpoints. So, what is this traffic manager fronting? Uh, first thing I'm going to do is add an Azure endpoint. Okay, and I'm going to call this my Azure East. And I'm going to choose an app service so it knows about app services. If I were using my own on-premises site, I would just say public IP address. Uh, and you can see we also have an app service slot. We can actually get specific with slotting. Uh, and then the cloud service. Of course, cloud service is more of like an API app. So I'm going to click on app service. And of course, since I chose app service, it knows to enumerate the ones it can see for me. I'm going to choose the brown bag east. And I'm going to click OK. Uh, I'm going to go straight away and deploy a second one. I'm going to call this Azure West. This is an app service, and I'm going to choose the Brown Bag West and click OK. Now, do I have the ability to paste some text into the chat window, or uh, so users can quickly click on a link? Is that possible? Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a chat function for Oh, I see. Okay, so I hopefully I can. Okay, I see. All right. So what we are doing here is we're checking the endpoints. So we're doing health probes against these endpoints right away to see if they're healthy. Uh, once that test is verified, you're going to see these go online. It usually takes maybe 30 seconds. So we'll see that in just a moment. And what what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, go up to the overview here. And you can see that there's a DNS name associated with this traffic manager instance. Now, if you wanted, you know, www.acme.com to use traffic manager, you just create a C name and point it to this DNS name that you get out of Azure for traffic manager. Okay, that's how you would implement this from on-premises. Okay, so we can see that Azure East is online uh, and Azure West is online. So traffic manager is essentially working now, ready to go. So I'm going to go back to overview, and I'm going to take a look at this link. I'm going to copy it, and I'm going to paste it in my window or in my browser here. Okay, so I got what I expected. I got US West, so I'm going to post that into this chat window. I think this should work. Let me know if that's what I needed to do. And I'd like uh, maybe a number of you, anybody and everybody, go ahead and go to that link and observe where your site is being served from. Oh, thank you, Tom. So I'm in 
Orlando, Florida, and I am seeing Sir from East US. Okay, perfect. Fantastic. So it gives you a good idea of how that works. Uh, and so for all intents and purposes, again, and I stated at the beginning of the call, imagine that you have code developed for a website and you need to make a global footprint of that code quickly. We sent, we just, within the last 40 minutes, uh, very quickly deployed a large presence with lots of compute power behind it website that is live and ready to go. Uh, and so, you know, I just gave you a very simple example uh, using Visual Studio, but of course, if you had a GitHub um, repository out there that you use for your on-premises internet information server uh, or your, uh, you know, Linux Apache box, you could pull that directly into Azure App Service and have it running in Azure in just a few minutes. That brings me to one more point I want to make before we end the call. And so we talked about App Service. Of course, this is our platform as a service offering. Uh, you could also deploy virtual machines out in Azure with your own, uh, you know, stack uh, and open those up to the internet through a load balancer or an application gateway in Azure or even a third-party appliance. We have F5, we have Netscaler, and a number of other third-party appliances you could place in front of those. Uh, and then you could put Traffic Manager in front of that as well. The other thing I want to show you is we also have what is known as Web App for Containers. Okay, now what this is, uh, if we chose Linux earlier, uh, the Linux images that we chose, uh, if you remember, they gave me a number of run, run times that I could choose from. However, those images that are built into App Service are specific, uh, and they only have plugins that we put in them. If you need something else in your web app beyond the plugins that we have by default, let's say you want to deploy Shibboleth in Azure and you uh, want it to be taking advantage of platforms as a service, you could deploy web app for containers, provide your own Docker image that has your uh, specific uh, modules added to it, uh, and then use Azure's uh, images as your parent image for those containers, and then you can take advantage of all the same things we just did, except now you're running your own specific code in a container. Uh, so I did want to mention that. Now, in addition, one more thing I want to mention, of course, that a web app for containers is a single instance web application. Of course, we also support and have a platform as an offering for Kubernetes. So if you're familiar with Kubernetes, it's a orchestrator for um, containers and Microsoft Azure has an entire platform as a service offering for Kubernetes uh, where we will deploy the entire infrastructure at the version you choose and you simply start deploying the agent servers and your actual containers. So with that, I think that's all I wanted to cover today. If there are any other questions. So theoretically, uh, going back to like the endpoints piece, uh, you could obviously you're using the health services to help understand the health of the two environments, whether it's your on-premises versus the Azure services. So you can say, okay, hey, this, whole, this site went down, move everything and, and scale up on, say, east. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, Correct. thinking yeah, so thinking of, thinking to some of the so think of GDPR, right? If you notice, there's a lot of websites where there's, hey, we notice you're coming from Europe. We're sorry, but we no longer serve you know European countries. So you could technically uh, put out a rule that says, if it's coming there, send them to this site, which is basically a dummy. Sorry, we're sorry, we can't uh, serve you anymore. Whereas anybody else coming from the U.S. would be fine. That's a good point. Yes, because you do have control uh, using this geography option. Now, I haven't done it, 
So I don't know the exact specifics of that, uh, but because we could choose our algorithm, let's go to our configuration for Traffic Manager. If we chose this ge geographic uh, routing method, um, algorithm, then we have a lot more specific options that we can choose. Okay, and I don't have a significant uh, familiarity with that, uh, but absolutely, you could achieve that using that sort of tool. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, all right. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to show everyone real quick before we go, and you may already know this and it may be silly, but I've just deployed a bunch of infrastructure that's going to get charged against my uh, internal Azure bill. And so since I do this all the time, I need to be careful. So what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to go out here and say goodbye. Oh, let me show you one thing before I do that. If you're not familiar, I'll give you a little bonus in Azure. Uh, every single resource group that you deploy in Azure has what is known as an automation script. Okay. This is a JSON template. I know the term JSON came up earlier. Uh, this is all of the code associated with this specific deployment in Azure. So I can steal this code or I could add it to my library and I could redeploy this environment in just a few minutes with the exact same parameters that I just deployed it with and have it ready to go for deploying my websites. Uh, and so I said that because I'm actually going to go into this deep brown bag resource group and I'm going to delete the entire resource group. And so that um, that configuration, that's everything from load balance rules to endpoints and everything else from all those configurations. It's everything except your actual code. Okay. Okay. So we reach into the and see the code that you deployed through your web application, but it will build the entire exact infrastructure: the, the uh, traffic manager, the endpoints, the service plans, the settings for those service plans. All that will be redeployed exactly as you see. What about so, what about credentials? Uh, if you, so, so like we left, for example, you had like the FTP settings and the credentials for that earlier, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's all going to be stored as part of that. Now it may be that, um, since that's a secure string, uh, it's going to ask you for those credentials when you redeploy. So it won't take the credentials, but it'll ask you for them. Okay. So let's say that you deploy everything and it's, uh, going through the process that will become a parameter that you have to fill in. Okay. Okay, and so I'm gonna click on delete here. And in a few minutes, I've torn down the entire environment. If I wanted to test again tomorrow, I could have used, I could use my template, deploy it in about three minutes, uh, and then start testing again. So uh, just a little thumbnail on what JSON templates can do for you. And that's all, I hope that was helpful. I hope everybody learned something um, and appreciate your time. Eric, thank you so much for your time. Um, that was awesome. and. Honestly, brave of you for doing a um, kudos for doing a live demo. Um, if anybody has any further questions before we end for the for the stream, uh, go ahead and put them into uh, the questions portion of GoToWebinar, or send them over via Twitter. All right. Um, I'll get a couple. I'll get a couple of thanks. And um, so, if you guys want to get a hold of Eric, uh, his Twitter handle is ew uh, deboard. 
or E-W-D-E-B-O-R-D. Um, if you have any more, any further questions or want to reach out to him for uh, any more Azure App Services kind of content, uh, uh, any website that you blog on, Eric? I don't think we got that uh, originally. Uh, yeah, we actually have a Microsoft Education uh, website. Let me just go out there real quick, and I can give you the URL here. Uh, and I don't want to use that one, but here's the the root website. And so I do have quite a bit of material out here, uh, and I'll just throw this into the chat box for you. Right, so certainly go there. You're going to learn a lot of things about Azure there, some of the most recent um, announcements or things that we feel are important. And then, um, yeah, feel free to uh, follow me as well at EW DeBoard. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well as Eric W. DeBoard. So I uh, post quite a few things on uh, both of those. So. Thank right. you so much. No, thank you. And uh, this is uh, another one of the Azure, um, you know, V round bags. We're doing a series right now. So uh, check them out uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, stick, stay tuned throughout the next few weeks for additional Azure-based uh, V brown bags. And then we have VMworld coming up. And check out the Tech Talks. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.